and hello hello welcome back to the gay racing podcast zach and alex here as always Um, hello happy pride month once again um we have a very very exciting episode for you guys today we got the privilege to talk to a, a really cool person honestly um you might you might have heard of him before, and I don't mean that sarcastically, because literally you might have heard him or heard of him before. You might not have. Um, his name is Travis Shoemake. Um, I said that right, right? Shoemake. Yep. Yeah. Because yep. my brain's like Schumacher. No, it's he. <laughs> both race car drivers, yes, but no. Um, so if you don't know who he is, um, we actually mentioned his name on the podcast before. If you go way, not way back, but like back earlier this year when we talked about Racing Pride coming to NA and um, having ambassadors like Devin Rouse on the stock car side, um, Travis Shoemake races in the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Um, so he's he's a drag racer and he is openly gay. Um, and he actually got in contact with, a, con, he got in contact with us, my dog's barking, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he wanted to, um, he wanted to have a conversation with us, and we, we were so excited to talk to him, and this happened last week, so it's gonna be on this week's episode, and Alex, it was really good. <laughs> Guys, this might be the, one of the best interviews we've ever had had on this podcast i am so excited for you guys to listen to it's it. not even just like the stuff he had to say his energy fit right in with us and y'all know we mm-hmm. are crazy he's not crazy he's just he's just he's i can tell he's just a, a good person to be around and the, oh, yeah and the stuff he talked about really resonated with me in terms of like his presence in the drag racing community um being gay and like the tolerance there is with that right now so um and we i also learned a lot about the athletic capabilities of a drag racer i learned so much from this chat i really hope you guys enjoy it so we're gonna play that interview um right right now um and after that we're gonna talk about um all the racing we had this past weekend nascar sonoma and indycar at road america so um you guys enjoy and hello, hello, guys. Welcome back to the Gay Racing Podcast. Um, today's episode, um, as you probably heard in our intro earlier, um, we have a very special guest today. Um, it's the fastest openly LGBTQ driver in the world, clocking in at 319 miles per hour until I go faster one day. Um, yep. <laughs> so <laughs> they're going to put me in something, I hope. <laughs> Travis Schumach, you may have heard of him. Um I think when we talked about Racing Pride a few months ago, I believe we mentioned your name. Travis, hello, hello. Welcome back. Or not welcome back. Welcome to the Gay Racing Podcast. Thank We're you. So I'm excited to have you. Today. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, so, Travis, we normally like having our guests just introduce themselves because you know yourself better than anyone else. So, um, who are you? What do you do in racing? Um, and, yeah, just tell the listeners anything, anything that you think is important. Okay. Um, hello. I'm six foot four. I know. Uh, I actually no. Wait, we should start by saying I am not the gayest person in drag racing. I'm also the tallest. So I'm the tallest. Dude, part. I'm also six foot four. Hold up, <laughs> y'all. Put me in. Put me in. You got competition. I'm just. saying. <laughs> I did an interview with Competition Plus like six months ago, where they're like, 
hey, why don't we talk about something that's not that you're gay or that your dad was a race car driver? Did you know you're the tallest ever? I'm like, okay, something different that's not that's about- crazy. <laughs> uh, so I race in the NHRA, the National Hot Rod Association, right. drag racing. Um, I have a few different licenses. So between a nitro pony car at 11,000 horsepower, wow. right now in this season, I'm driving an A-fuel dragster, which is 4,000 horsepower. So less, but still substantially more than, uh, I mean, it's like five NASCARs in one engine. Right. Well, maybe more 200. now. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go about 285 miles an hour. Um, I grew up around the sport. My my late father, who passed away when I was a teenager, uh, was a funny car driver. That was his like one thing he did in his life. And he retired when I was um, a kid. So I never was at the track with him as a driver, wow. a retired celebrity. Wow. And then he passed away when I was 15 and we were racing competitive go-karts together. And as we sold the go-kart team, I got into competitive cheerleading and got real gay. Uh, so I, oh, I, hell yeah. I like, oh, well, since we're not doing this anymore, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> I love uh, that. That is yeah, awesome. So fast forward to COVID times, you know, everyone sits at home. I live in Manhattan. I was locked in my apartment and I was like, I'm going back to drag racing. So yeah. I started taking classes and licensing in different categories. And um, kind of this is my rookie season racing um, in the A Fuel division. And next year, hopefully full-time in the funny car, depending on funding, which is always every racer's biggest challenge. Right. Money. Yes, definitely. Right. Especially these days. So did you, so did I hear, so did you have like a substantial gap where you were not racing at all? You got it. Yep. So wow. I was like, just became a super fan, right? Or and, and again, I guess I was connected to the sport. Plenty of family, friends, you know, of my father's and then right. the next generation of drivers who I became friends with, with the power of Instagram. Like we'd be like, uh, you know, you become, I would go to the races, I'd say two, three times a year um, to fly, yeah, fly around, to get out of New York, and then just kind of picked it back up um, mid-COVID. Wow. That's, That's awesome. So cool. It's so, it's so awesome that you came back to racing. And now, again, we'll, we'll talk about it, but just you existing. A lot of our existence in this space is important. Like me and Alex really value that our voices, our gay voices in racing. Like every time I tell people about this podcast, they're just like, what? Gay people <laughs> like racing? No, you're, yeah. it's shocking. You a study. I'm like, I'm telling you, this is a market. You guys, this is the thing. This is a, oh my gosh, Twitter. There's so many of us on Twitter. We talked about it last week with our guest, Matthew Burroughs. Oh my gosh. So, um, but that's, that's awesome. Um, I'm excited to get to know you more. Um, so Alex, if you want to do the next question, you can. So yeah, you said you made it to NHRA and there was an Auto Week article you did last year and you said that you told someone that, or someone told you rather, that you shouldn't need to use the gay card anymore. Like, oh yeah, I'm gay and this is that. But yeah. you argued that you do need to use it because like mm -hmm. it gives you a platform and it's just someone needs to be the first. Like, would you like to talk about that a bit? Yeah, I mean, I think I come into the racing world with a bit of, of beyond just white privilege, privilege that right. I am, I'm professional fundraising is my job. That's what I do. I understand the business and marketing side of the sport. I have a little bit of a like gimme because of my father. Like most of the old white right. Republican conservative drag racers are nice to me because they were friends with my dad and they feel bad he's dead. Just going to be honest. Yeah. And to be aware of that privilege that like, okay, so if I have this platform where I'm in with the in crowd, I should be using it to push their boundaries, to make them like open up oh, conversations, to say like, like, oh, it's okay. It's not okay, but it's cool with Travis. I'm like, no, no, no. It should be cool with everybody. We need to have these conversations. You can't 
love me and then put on your race car, you know, no gay in Florida, the, let's support the Florida, you know, don't yeah. say, I'm like, hey, you're my friend, you and a race car, you, you can't have it both ways. And I'm here to educate you and have these tough conversations. Um, but, and I guess the, the one more thing on that is I grew up with female race car driver posters on my walls. Lori Johns, Shelly Anderson, they're my beautiful blonde dragster drivers. And it's because I knew that they were different and there was nobody like me in the sport. I knew I was gay back then. And hey, I just, not that I want people to have posters of me on their walls, but like the idea that there should be people <laughs> you look up to that looks like you or acts like right. you. And so having a seat at that table and, you know, I think it's important for the growth of the sport too. It's not a dying sport. It's, it's continuing to grow. Sure. But yeah. Kind of opening that door to more folks, more money, more eyes, more competitors. Oh, I really relate to what you said about like your father's legacy. Cause I'm from a small town and my dad was pretty popular and he's also like, he's passed away, but it's like, I feel like sometimes I get treated nicely and, I'm pretty obviously gay, but they treat me a certain way because of my father, you know, but it's like, you need to treat me, you need to be okay with me being gay because I'm gay, not because I'm someone's son. So that really, that really stuck with me when you said that. That's so interesting. Huh. Well, yeah, I just feel like sometimes they, they really do. They're like, we don't love gay, we don't like gay people, but we love Travis. We'll I'm make like, an exception. We're gonna have to do, we have to love all gay people, guys. We're the love all gay people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, and so it's this perfect situation to push the boundaries then, because you kind of get to fall back on that, almost. Yeah. And I have a really like zero Fs attitude about the topic. So like, Good. Okay. like if I see an, I, I have should. people in the sport that do not like me. And that's because of when something, Oh yeah. Today, I'm in, I am stirring the pot right now. There's an article that came out where someone made a comment about bathroom usage, a, another driver, and I'm already like blowing everybody up. Like I'm the Karen of drag racing when it comes to these topics. So I'm like, I don't care. You as you should. You can't make racial comments when you work for an African American race car driver. Right. Like someone suspended from a race team a few years ago. Like you cannot, you cannot use the word dyke when you're there's a lesbian on this race team, and I'm gonna wow. call you out in a very public setting. You cannot say them. They're like, yes, Travis, relax. I'm like, no, I'm not going to relax. I'm gonna hold you to the fire, and I don't care yes. if you don't. We're all adults here, honestly. Yeah. You we need it. more people like you. That's awesome. We do <laughs> in motorsport. That's awesome. I've got that that gauge. Like the I have the real real housewife in me. Like I've been waiting for my moment to be like I'm gonna. <laughs> like I, I have a little bit. Of, I have a fire. I've never underreacted to anything. I'm a little dramatic. So that's <laughs> honestly. I was talking to my kids today at work about that about like me being gay and there is i one of them said that's not normal. And I'm just like, girl, I don't got time. I don't got time to get into this. <laughs> that's crazy oh my gosh um and kind of just speaking on being like do you ever feel pressure in terms because i think there's one article you kind of talked about the pressure of representing like really because you're the only you know there's only so many drivers that are gay on kind of a national or just any stage at all um it, like when y'all crash and it's like you don't want to look bad in front of kind of the audience and the media and you don't want to make the perception be like oh of course the gay driver you know wreck gay people can't drive or something like that and alex we talked about that before with like women drivers in nascar and black drivers. like every time yeah. bubba wrecked in nascar when bubba wallace like wrecks or danica patrick wrecked it was always a they had a bigger microscope on them than anyone yeah. else because of that. Because people can just say, it's like, oh, it's because they're X, Y, Z. 
So talk to us like kind of how, like, do you kind of feel that pressure and like, how do you deal with it? Yeah. So lucky for me, I ripped that bandaid early in early in my career. Last November, I ripped a funny car in half at 18 G's into a wall and I uh, had to leave, leave the racetrack in an ambulance with some broken oh my, my hero's race car sitting there in shambles. So like, I know I, I was waiting for that moment to happen. I'm like, okay, check mark. I already did it. Uh, and it was tough because I did think that, that that was the way I was feeling. I was like, of course, now I fumbled the ball. All eyes were on me. I was having this meteoric rise into the sport. And then it was like, see, told you the gay can't drive. I, <laughs> I was supposed to drive straight. I turned left into a wall. Yeah. <laughs> no! Oh! Go to the other drag racing, honey. Uh, we're, not, <laughs> we're not known for going straight. So it's understandable, I right. think, understandable. right? So, so I've already faced that. And then, you know, I think it, it was really a lack of experience. You know, I think I, I was not right. over my skis, but to, to also just to show the respect to the sport, you know, to go... In a, in a year span from sitting on my couch watching the real housewives to driving a 330 mile an hour race car with with only experience driving a go-kart as a teenager it's an amazing story but it's not as practical you know from a safety perspective and so i i have tried to readjust that narrative that that this is not about me being gay mm -hmm. that people think i crashed that car that i just need a little bit more seat time so yeah. my dragster goes 285 miles an hour versus 330 i mean it's still Still very fast. Right. Um, but yes, there there has certainly been that pressure and that feeling. And I'm just glad it's already over. It was going to happen eventually. I'm glad I already crashed. Right. I rebounded. Um, but yeah, there. I, I don't think that anyone said, I never outwardly heard anyone say it was, you know, because he yeah. was gay. It's that he drove too fast, too quick. Definitely. Right. Yeah. And hopefully as, you know, you progress through and just get more people start paying attention, hopefully that pressure doesn't kind of come back because again, we took like, I, I see, we see it a lot in the NASCAR community with any driver. And I mean, sometimes it is just like, it's just a lack of seat time. They just need more seat time. It has nothing to do with what kind of person they are, but it's so easy for people to twist it like that. And, well, because there's so right. many extra eyes on me. I mean, there yes. are a lot of just mediocre white men in this sport it is the most diverse motorsport. I mean, 30% of the drivers are female. We have right. American and Hispanic world champions in the 70s and 80s. Like, we've always been leading the way. But when you're looking for a story in drag racing, I am certainly a story in drag racing. So, like, I had a race in Las Vegas earlier this year where eight cars qualified. There were 20 cars on the property. I'm driving the former world champion's car. There's no way I'm not going to qualify. And I ended up 12th. I didn't make the top eight. And it was like, mm. all, the whole storyline of the race was that I didn't qualify. I'm like, because it's just, what else are we going to talk about? The gay guy didn't qualify. Oh, I told you. <laughs> there was no right. story about the 13th car didn't qualify or anything oh, else. Yeah. Like, what did Travis do wrong if the world champion car couldn't qualify? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's just because, yeah, there's it's it happens storyline. That's just right. the, and that's really just how the media is going to be in a sport, which right. th that goes way beyond just our scope. Yeah. I would you say why do you know why drag racing specifically is like more diverse than any other motorsport like i've never like question. really looked into it yeah yeah i just think it's been that way forever i mean so don perdome and shirley muldowney were winning championships in the late 70s and 80s and that just opened that door i mean for females especially this sport has been female dominated several in all right. categories like kind of our four pro categories the, right uh, fuel funny car pro stock and top, uh, pro stock motorcycle mm -hmm. and all, you know, women are, are killing it in those categories. There's been a hundred championships won by women 
Um, wow. wow. But I don't know what the reason, you know, particularly, or, yeah, what that is. Yeah. Because it's, it's like ingrained in the fabric. It's like drag racing is kind of accessible in terms of motorsport. Like, I know a lot of family members, like, kind of relatives that do drag racing. And it's just like, it's, you know, really, you just need project car and you can take a yep. drag racing that's, it. Drag actually, that's what it is it's that it's so accessible right There's but like from what you say i think the pioneers of kind of like national like drag racing kind yep. of they it's almost just like luck of the draw like the it started diverse so of course it's going to be the most diverse where it's like everything else didn't start diverse mm. so but actually thank you for educating me because you're totally right it's about the access there are 120 oh, yeah very sanctioned tracks you can go any friday night anywhere you want for 15 dollars yeah. with your car and take the christmas tree and drive it down to the finish line and see your score on the life <laughs> yeah. for 15 dollars. right you can't you can't hop on a circle track you can't you know, go over to darlington on a saturday and right that's right so it probably huh that's so, we'll have to we'll have to look into that more i love that i need honestly i need to watch more drag racing my dad used to watch it all the time and it's just like it's one of those motorsports that's just outside of like my bubble of what I really want to pay attention to because it's like same it's, weekend. Um, there's so many races. From a viewership perspective, we this is the I guess fifth year now we have a with we moved from ESPN to Fox, and so now our, a lot of our fall races are lead-ins or lead-outs of football games, and mm. so we have like over an additional million viewers to each drag race. So people are like, oh yeah, wow. actually, I started watching that. I'm like, because we, we're on a, a big network for the first time ever. Um, so there is more access to to the track and the actual experience that there. Have you guys either been to a drag hey, I need to. I'm about I to. went in 2005. So it was quite a long time ago. Oh, but you can get like right up next to the car. I mean, what when you're not when the car is not on the track, it's in the pits, and then every ticket is a pit pass at the drag races. So you can walk right up to me while I'm packing my parachutes. Oh and my gosh. Get my autograph. I, my face either one you can do it i'm right there you know there's bestie no we coming we're coming to the, I, the drag uh, race <laughs> i vaguely remember when i went it was 05 at topeka and i remember like we were walking right through the garages i i do remember that walk so, everything and then just the feeling i mean it shakes your whole body when i yeah yes you fall out of your seat when i sit on the <laughs> Yeah, and that's like kind of our next question because this and this is just about drag racing because I get we don't really watch a lot of drag racing, but we're curious like what are the athletic kind of abilities and almost like the skill set needed? How does it differ from more traditional racing that you know of, like like oval racing? I guess like NASCAR gets crap for driving in circles, so I imagine with drag racing you get crap for driving in a straight line. Yeah, how hard can it be? You just hold on, which is then I'm like. Well, yes, but me going straight. So I'll show people me going straight in a funny car, which looks like yes, like it's like doing a a disco rave with a with a yeah glow stick. And then people like, oh, is this the one when you crash? I'm like, no, this is my best pass ever. Like the car is constantly not touching the ground. The torque of the engine, right? The direct drive, like every when the engine launches, the front right corner always comes off the ground. And the dragster, it's it's almost it's 300 inches long, so it's like 24 feet. The front two tires are off the ground for the first like 120 feet before you even can touch the ground to try to steer. Um, but yeah, the funny car is shorter, so it's 10 feet long. Um, I'm sitting between the engine and the back tires. It's my legs are kind of under the engine. Oh, that's so scary. It's kind of scary. I mean, well, <laughs> to me, it's not that scary once you once you rip one. I know you you a baddie. You are <laughs> baddie. You've been doing this, but I. I'm <laughs> I'm not the outside. Um, 
they're very safe, which you have all the proper safety equipment in there. But um, so I'd say the core strength, right? I think the only reason I, you know, cracked a couple ribs was I tried to really focus on my core endurance, right? You have the launch of the funny cars, five G's. The stop is about six G's. Um, people used to have the retina tears from the parachutes popping. The, wow. The eyes wow. pop out of your head. Um, wow. So there's that mental or the physicalness of it's not nearly as long. It's not an endurance sport, but it's certainly a high intensity. So I wear my yeah. orange band and I spike higher. I have much higher heart rate than a Formula One driver or a NASCAR driver over that, you know, 15 minutes I'm in the car. The wow. preparation, the burnout. Um, there's, so the mental pressure, I think the other part is, you know, from the time I start that car, I'm, I'm running this little space shuttle inside and I'm like manning, you know, an 11,000 horsepower beast that's could kill anyone. And there are people all around it at all times, right. When I'm preparing to launch, um, and then the mental part. So I practice on a Christmas tree here at home. I have a practice tree, um, where the slamming on the gas. So he who gets to the finish line went first wins. And oftentimes these cars are so equally matched. It's really he who saw the light turn green first that wins. So we, a lot of races are decided on a whole shot, which is that the whole shot win, meaning that the, the slower car won because the, the guy went slammed on the gas faster. So the mental acuity of the drivers is the, probably the most important piece. Yeah. They, we have sports psychologists. I don't personally, I've taken a few classes from Frank Holly, who was kind of the best, the who's who of driving schools. Um, but like his advice is, take a yellow steno or a big like yellow legal pad. And when you get to the track on Friday, write down everything that's in your brain. Like I have to pay my Amex bill. I really don't like my dog. My mother-in-law is terrible. Um, and then you have to say, can I handle this today? And you have to physically write. If you can handle it real quick, or then you have to write, I will handle it Monday. And this activity is clearing stuff from your brain because every human sees the light turn green the same. But the right. delay is when how your body processes that it just turned green and slams on the gas. Like how much stuff is in your brain? All the shit that's in your brain. That oh. we, need to, we need to clear out the brain for three days. You have your three days at the racetrack. You gotta, this is what you're doing because we all saw the light turn green. Uh, something made me slam on it quicker. It's because all I could think about was drag racing. Um, wow that's just why i mean people have full-time psychologists at the track with them just for this wow my god i'm i'm just shocked i think that's so interesting the thought i had going to my head when you were first explaining was like it's like formula one starts but like 50 times harder you know (laughs) you know (laughs) you know it's like (laughs) it's like if you want to compare it so people can understand exactly how hard it is right because it's it's not just going straight you in fact you're doing everything but that really in the car yeah so that's so wow wow and just you talking about and i didn't even you know i considered the mental part of it right that's always going to be a part of racing but especially it's like it's i mean it's down to like it sounds like you have to be perfect yeah it's so, and being perfect and being not good enough are like fractions of a second. Yeah, tenths of a second, hundreds wow. of a second. Really. Yeah, yes. hundreds of a second. That's crazy. Because wow. the whole race in a funny car is is three point eight seconds, right? Yeah, like, the whole yeah. race track in under. Dang. Like that's how long it takes me to get out of my room. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. Thank, thank you for telling us about that. That was really good. Yeah. Oh my gosh, drag racing so cool. It's pretty fascinating. And I mean, the danger of it, I mean, I wouldn't, 
climate works. There haven't been any amazing epic blow-ups, but there was a long series of time where every race, you know, a car would just disintegrate from the right. Nitromethane is extremely volatile, it's, you know, right. rocket fuel. And right. that's also one of those races where sometimes I watch NASCAR to wait for the big pile up. And in <laughs> racing, it's like, well, I know it's you have three seconds for it to happen. Like, okay, oh, it happened. Or it happened. <laughs> they're just these catastrophic, and you know, our, our death rates are very low in the sport, but yeah, uh, the the wow factor of, of of the intensity of the crashes and what can go wrong is my, right. my it's a perfect like kind of short like burst of action sport that's what which... we also say it's like the millennials are like the next what do we call you gen z <laughs> gen z what do we call you girl <laughs> you should love it because it's like it's, we could watch five races in one TikTok. It's yeah, like that's a that's a good point though. And NASCAR is trying to be like that. They try so hard to be like that, but you're still like a four hour race sport. So it's like, right? You, should you cater to the people that want to see four hour races, or should you do you want to cater to the people that want to watch NASCAR on a TikTok? Right. You know, um, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, so we first heard of you from um, when Racing Pride announced kind of their team of American. Um, or North American. I don't know if it was America or North America, but yeah, North American North America. um, drivers. And we saw your name and that was the first time we heard of you. And I'm just kind of curious, like how is kind of the relationship with the Racing Pride? What are some things they kind of help you out with? Is there anything special going on with them? Just, yeah. just what's, what's going on? Yeah. Um, so I originally reached out to Richard, who is who oversees both, you know, the Richard European Morris. Yep. yep. And said like, oh my God, I love what you're doing and I want to start one in America. And he was like, Slow down, sis. I'm coming. It's almost there. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a student government nerd. Like I was class president forever. And I was like, I'm going to get the gays organized. He was like, oh, I love it. Organized, give, take a beat. And so he has been awesome to kind of connect us all. But at this point now, um, even Tom O'Gorman, I have a little bit of a relationship with him, but um, Zendrea, Zendrea, Zendia, Zend- I can, now I'm, now I'm missing her up with the you're doing, you're doing your best. <laughs> Z, actually, she calls herself Z. She came to New York uh, last weekend. She was racing in Newark. So she's the drifter, the stunt girl. So she does uh, stunt driving and drift racing. And she was at a race in Newark. And her she came in with her crew. And I we spent the whole day showing them Manhattan. Wow. Devin and I um, talk quite a bit. So Devin, uh, Zach, and myself, I'd say communicate the most. So me and my ARCA slash NASCAR counterparts. But like I'm messaging with them actively today. And I wow, think that's all cool that. Yeah, it's just a cool, like, we're talking we're, who we're annoyed with for Pride Month. He's like, we're just so gay. And we're like, well, you've never answered our phone calls. So no, you're not. You're actually, not, you're actually a liar. <laughs> <laughs> that's tea. Yeah, that we help each other out with sponsorship stuff as well. So I think that's probably my strongest point in our strength in the group. But like, let me edit your sponsorship deck or let me help you with that proposal. Or they don't want to spend money in drag racing. They like circle tracks. So here, guys called called dude wipes so it's like it's it's a networking opportunity almost for you guys and it's great to and you guys are like help that's awesome that's awesome to have that camaraderie yeah Yeah. it's kind of a cool network so i'm looking forward to i'm going to get to meet them both in person hopefully in charlotte this year i'm ideally we'll be racing there in the fall Um, right we'll all finally kind of the three of us get to hang out that makes sense cool yeah we had uh we had Devin rouse on really early on in the podcast, like when he came around, we had him on yeah. and a lot of stuff has changed since then. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, NASCAR is embracing, I mean, yeah, NASCAR is loving him and doing so much to support yeah. them. 
he really is kind of the, I would say the poster child. He's certainly the most Googleable of the gay drivers. He's right. He's, NASCAR's done a great job of, of telling his story and, and, you know, providing him opportunities. Yeah. Right. So we just have two more questions for you. Um, this one is pretty simple. Where do you hope you are in five years? Like what do you hope your accomplishes or anything like that? Yeah, I think I'd be hopefully getting close to being a team owner, right? So I, at this point, I'm a, you know, arrive and drive person. So I find a sponsor and bring that big fatty check to my car owner. And then they wrap it in whatever wrap for that week weekend. And then I go home and be sad and put away that race suit. Girl. Ideally, <laughs> ideally I'll be, you know, racing in 22 races a year for the next couple of seasons and then transitioning as I accumulate massive amounts of race car wealth, which is not a real thing, but to get <laughs> own my own race team, you know, to race full time and, and have the shop and manage the crew and own all my tractors. Oh, yes. Um, and then also be able to provide opportunities. You know, there are other drivers, I, a lesbian friend who wants to drive a pro stock motorcycle. Like I could buy her one for 10 grand. So right. Like, why don't I own her car? I can't afford mine. I cannot afford a funny car, but I could own her, her yeah. motorcycle. And she could be my lesbian driver. So right. getting more into the business side would be where I'd like to be in five years. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And think about the impact that kind of has, as again, we talk about being a gay, a, being a queer kind of voice and a queer impact on the sport. Screw the gay drivers. We need gay team owners. We right. let's, let's just go ahead. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's think a little bit bigger. That's awesome. Love um, that. Our last question, we asked this to every guest, and I'm interested to kind of hear your answer since it's like you're a drag racer and not, you know, a circuit track racer. But um, if you could drive any race car at any track, one lap, any race car, you know, obviously safety, it's all taken care of. What would you do? We've had people do like F1 cars at Spa. Obviously, we've had people do stuff at Bristol. So, anything. yeah, it could also just be at a drag strip, too. No, I would want to do like a NASCAR at Sears Point. Um, I Good like answer. Good yeah. answer. I used to love watching that race as a kid. And I always, like, oh, yeah, I think that's where I'd want to be. What do, can I ask like what type like which generation of like car like an older classic one or like one of the newer ones? No, like a mid 90s Jeff Gordon. Mid okay. Nice. The rainbow yeah. car? Yeah. <laughs> Period. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> mid 90s nice car. I like that awesome. answer. And NASCAR's at Sonoma. So that's perfect. Yeah. Is that's that where awesome. they are this weekend? Oh, that's right. That's where they are. Oh my god, that's yeah. crazy. That's what we're talking about this episode. Yeah, because Sears Point it. and Sonoma are the same thing. <laughs> They're the same yeah. thing. Okay, I, don't name that anymore, I thought so. so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just no. I'm just you know. You, um. Yeah, cool. <laughs> that's so. That's so perfect. All right. Um. I think that's everything we really have for you. Um. But I, I learned so much. Again, I was so racing. excited to get to know you because drag racing something I don't know about. And yeah. a lot of people have not heard about you. Um, they might have heard your name, but now you've kind of been able to t- tell your story a little bit. So, Travis, thank you so much for coming on. Um, of course. It's and you can come to Drag Race. Alex, I, near, how close are you to Topeka? I'm racing there in August. I, oh, really? I live in uh, Kansas City, so not that far. I'll be there August 12th, sponsored by Ooh. Kansas Pride. So Really? This, this is a cool little tidbit, which, again, yeah, the, the racetrack, Heartland Park, Topeka, and that visit Topeka.com tourism board. We're like, we, we think that there's a value add to bringing Travis to this racetrack because more people will come to the race. We need to generate tourism revenue. And so we, they are sponsoring me and they're launching, they're also publicizing their gay pride. Um, but it was kind of a, a unique model that they reached out and Ooh. were like, Hey, if you come to this race, more people will come to this race. 
and we think that's Gee. cool. So I'll have this big wow. visittopeka.com Kansas Pride wrap. That's oh, awesome. that's so cool. That is <laughs> awesome. I saw that you guys were in Virginia last month when um I heard about it and I was like, huh, I need to go to that. D- is that the only race in Virginia? Because I'm that's based in track. Yep. closest track. Okay, because I'm based like Richmond-ish. Um, hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I because again, I have family that they drag race, so I've always kind of been around it. My dad loved watching it. So yeah. All right. Drag racing fixation starts tomorrow, Alex. Hey. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Travis. Thank you so much. Um, good luck with your career, of course. Um, I'll be cheering you on. Yes. And hopefully we'll talk again after some big win or something. Yes. Oh, please. absolutely. All, All right. right. Excited. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Travis. All right. Talk to you later. All right, guys, hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Travis. Um, again, he fit He fit right in. It just, it, I felt so comfortable talking to him after Me like too. five minutes. It was just a really good conversation. It was like we've been friends for a long time, just having yes. a chat. It God. was so fun. And he's such a good energy. The drag racing community is so lucky to have him, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy they have him. Um, and what NH, NH, oh, I cannot talk. NHRA is on this weekend. Um, because there's no NASCAR, there's no IndyCar. I might check it out. I might honestly, check it out. I forgot where they are. I want to say it's um, I don't know. I want to say Bristol Dragway. Not gonna lie, but I don't know. I don't know if that's right. Um, but yeah, I'll check it out. Um, should be fun. Yeah. So and thank you to Travis for reaching oh, yes. out to us and coming onto the pod, taking the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're so. Again, that was definitely one of my favorite interviews. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just something different about it. But um, It was something very special about it, and I hope everyone enjoyed it. Yeah, and I hope Travis has a good, you know, good rest of his racing career. Because um, I know he's trying to climb up a little bit, get some money. So, um, Make it to a team ownership. Really cool. Yeah. Um, that reminds Shall me. Shall we talk about what we're going to say? Yeah, I, it reminds me. Never mind. We'll talk about it later. But okay. <laughs> it's funny, Shall we though. talk about... IndyCar at Road America. IndyCar at Road America. Speaking of great things for gay people, Joseph Newgarden got his third one of the year. (laughs) It's a Joseph Newgarden episode, everyone. He won the rainbow car during Pride Month. Let's talk about that. Happy Pride. Yep. Happy Pride. At America's Racetrack. Road America. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think Road America is probably one of the like underrated IndyCar tracks. Like Obviously, Indianapolis and Long Beach are there, but it's like... Dude, Road America's... It's like the Darlington of IndyCar, almost. You know? Road America is genuinely one of my favorite tracks in general. They put on such and a I, show there every time. They do. And Joseph Newgarden won the People Ready Challenge, which IndyCar was doing. The first driver to win on an oval, a street course, and a road course. Gets a million dollars. Yeah, he got speed ran team. that. Half two at the team and half to charity. He chose two charities. Uh, so cool. Yeah. And I, he kept, apparently he kept forgetting about it. Because whenever they bring it up to him in the interviews, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Because <laughs> he, he wasn't even trying to Man's win it. Man's focused. He just like, He's just trying to win. He's trying to get that Aster Cup, man. I'm just saying. That's crazy. But, yeah, I love Road America. It is beautiful. I want to go there someday. I feel like... I don't know. It's yeah, just a really pretty track. It's like a bit north for you, isn't it? Wisconsin? Yeah. It's like way north Wisconsin. Way north. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the last, like, because we've seen a lot of races at Road America, because in 2020, we had two races. Um, mm-hmm. It's constantly a show. Like, turn five, like that one, that first left-hander after that long straightaway near the front of the track. 
that's like the action zone all the time because they have it's such a long breaking zone we see guys like overshoot it like brick too soon then they get kind of swamped whatever devlin DeFrancesco thought he was trying to do against will power <laughs> it's yeah. that's the action zone the kink i mean we saw simon pagino go off at the kink at one point kept it pretty straight and like i was kept going that was impressive that was dukes of hazard man that was so cool um like there's just so many parts it's a fast racetrack but there's so many parts of it that really kind of test the limits of the indy car and the drivers and it i mean it was a solid race joseph had to fight for that one um he had mm-hmm. the fastest car but we talk about kind of the two the number two team pit crew they really put joseph in a great position they they won him this race oh yeah because Rossi arguably had the best car all weekend. Mm-hmm. And based on what they saw in practice, it looked like Rossi was just going to run away on the blacks. And that just didn't really happen in the race. Yeah. But on the first pit stop, the two pit crew had like a two second or two seconds faster than Rossi. And it helped Joseph get ahead. And Joseph never looked back from there. It was so impressive. And, you know, Rossi, by the way, I was I would have been fine if he won this race because it's been since 2019 Road America. Yeah, that's crazy. At, 3 yeah, years, man. 3 since he's years. Won a race. And he's kind of been on a resurgence ever since the McLaren deal got confirmed. Oh yeah. It was completely yeah. it's a, it's been a flip of the switch for Rossi and yeah. I think, you know, going into I don't even I think the next race is Mid-Ohio, but like going into Mid-Ohio, he's going to mm-hmm. be a threat, I think. And yeah. Yeah, Rossi. By the way, he's gained like eleven positions in the championship. He's now what seventh in points. Mm. He was like seventeenth. <laughs> he was way down there. Wow. Yep. He's huge recovery. He's in the championship battle if he keeps this up. Honestly, because he's catching pretty quick. But I want to talk about early in the race. Alex Polo, last year's champion and last year's winner at Road America. Gets uh, tagged by his teammate Marcus Erickson yeah, early in the race. Drama. <laughs> and, ooh, I, I was gasping. I was, I was shook. I, I was so happy because one, that's your, that was your fantasy pick. I know. <laughs> and two, <laughs> and I can't, two, I can't uh, anything, man. Hello is probably like the number one championship threat for uh, Joseph. Yeah. Cause, you know, we're Joseph boys, mm-hmm. and or was hello was was um honey was have you seen let's talk about the guy that knocked him into the grass for a minute i don't think erickson knocked him in the grass erickson was there and polo was mad about it which by the way that was the most angry i've ever seen polo that was very oh yeah he was so salty i need to see that replay again because what was erickson on the inside erickson had the inside i think and then and polo turned into early right yeah that's what i thought yeah but I like, know even it's, James Hinchcliffe. It's fair to be upset. Hinch and yeah. Townsend were disagreeing on what happened, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, Townsend likes seeing both sides to every driver's perspective, though. Yeah. So we'll he see. does that with he, he did it with Devlin too. Townsend Bell did. He was like, "Well, oh. think of it from Devlin to Francesca." Oh no, they were disagreeing no. on that. I think. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, they were. I think on it. I mean, obviously, it's a racing incident. Marcus didn't mean to do that, but Alex was so salty about it. Um, but for and real though, Marcus. So. Marcus Erickson's gonna win this championship if we're not careful. I'm just saying. 
he has gained the most points since Detroit last year yeah. from anyone. And oh, yeah. winning the Indy 500 has pushed him way yeah. ahead. And he just finished and second. Then, yeah. I, and sneaky Swede. Right now, Erickson has a 27-point lead over Power, which we'll talk about Power in a second. Mm-hmm. He has 32 points ahead of New Garden, 45 ahead of Award. We'll talk about Award as well. Uh, 47 ahead of Polo, 69 ahead of Dixon, 75 ahead of Rossi. Yeah. So Erickson does have a commanding lead, but we've seen in this championship that it just takes one bad race and you're back. Because Power was the point leader before Road America. And now he's 27 back. But Marcus Erickson, though, he's just... I have a lot of faith in him because we've seen how consistent he is. I mean, him and Power are both very consistent. Like, that was Power's first bad race Sunday, but... Yep. It's gonna be... It's gonna be hard to get points on him. I think Road America was a perfect demonstration. We didn't really talk about him all day, but he still finished second. Right. You know, like... And remember, I believe it was Mid-Ohio last year where Joseph won and Marcus Erickson was catching him in second. Yep. So Erickson and Joseph finished 1-2 several times. Yep. And, by the way, Erickson won at Nashville last year. That's still coming up. Yep. And he's pretty good at the ovals now as well. Obviously. So. he's. I mean, honestly, he's good everywhere. And Alex Pillow yeah. is just... I don't think Road America is what he needed at all to try to really start mounting oh, a charge absolutely for the championship. Not. I mean, obviously, he's still in it. I just... I mean, he hasn't even won this year yet. He's just a little off. He's a little off, you know? I don't think... He's not... I think he's the same as last year, but he's. I think people got better. People caught up. I yeah, that's happened. a good way to put it. it. Specifically, New Garden caught up. I think Award got better. Oh, yeah. Joseph, pa- again, year of Team Power Penske. obviously got better. Team Penske yeah. got their stuff together. Pato, Pato's aging like, like fine wine. And then Marcus Erickson is just... Honestly, he's God. Like, I don't think we realize how good of a race car driver he is, and I'm never scoffing at him when you pick him in fantasy again, because he's actually so slick. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he has, like, what, three wins now? Including in the so. 500? Like, dude, mm-hmm. he's the real deal. I think we forgot yeah, that he did good. F1 for that amount of time, so... But while we're on the topic of the championship, Joseph Newgarden, you guys... Is like I think Joseph Newgarden's the favorite. I, I say this every year, okay? And he Cap. always gets really close. Cap. Look. Cap. No, Zach. <laughs> we have Mid Ohio. Joseph won last year. We have two Iowa Speedway races. Oh wait, I forgot about the Iowa races. Now nah, he's winning the championship. <laughs> he's winning yeah, the championship. There are two Iowa Speedway races. Who needs races double points? Joseph... Who needs double it... points in D five hundred when you have double Iowa? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And then you have Gateway, which Joseph has won the last two. And then you're right. Iowa's, Iowa's one of Joseph's best tracks. And, and the last half of the schedule is normally where he's strongest anyways. Like, and look he at the always seasons. does a... He has a resurgence every year at the end of the season. If he's behind, he starts creeping And he's up already and basically in. there. Oh, you're right. Never mind. He I'm sorry. Only, I didn't mean to... He's only 32 behind. And I believe at gateway in 2020 he was like 60 behind and closed it up so close to dixon he didn't get there but he got really close he's half that right now wow he's gonna make this up i think i think so he didn't have a win at this point until mid ohio which is the next race so last year he has three wins this year he had zero at this point last year and he still came close to the championship wow yep like come on you're right i think 
I, I was talking too much trash. You're right. <laughs> I just like talk. I just like saying you're wrong, even though you you are always right. But, T. <laughs> T. That's T. That's T. <laughs> but um, we're I, also almost halfway. Like after Mid Ohio, we'll be just over halfway through the season. Yeah, which is interesting. There's still over half the season's points to be given out. Kind so. of. Yeah. A lot could change, and I wouldn't count out Scott Dixon ever. He's only 69 out. I don't know. Bessie's kind of having fun back there. Yeah, if if Dixon would qualify better, I think he could win. If like, Dixon would just week. get his stuff together, we'll talk about him later. He's just, he's just a little off form. I'm not gonna lie. A little is bit. He, is he finally getting old? I don't know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but yeah, let's. I want to talk about uh, Will Power because he was the point leader coming into this race. Had finished top four every week except the Indy 500. Mm-hmm. Gets spun out by Devlin DeFrancesco and probably the most ridiculous thing I've seen in a while in IndyCar. One of the most ridiculous. Uh, Devlin DeFrancesco has wrecked about, what, five people this year now? It's like, so, so he was trying to, he was so he made a move on somebody early in the race and it worked. And that gave him the euphoria to try it on Will Power going into the action spot turn five. And he was trying Which, to. Which, by the way, the Indy Light race, that same spot, they had a really nasty wreck there. Yeah. Just like an hour before. So they were trying to do some crazy F1 type faking out. I don't even know. And then basically, he wasn't breaking enough and he got loose and he spun out power. It was. Considering power is the championship leader and it's early in the race and you are a rookie, there's no situation where you need to put yourself, put both of you guys at risk like that. There's no yeah. situation. If you're going to pass him, you do not need, you don't do something that risky. It's just, that's, that's just racing etiquette. And it's obvious he's lacking it. Not to go on him too hard. But, he, you know, I don't think he was ready for the big IndyCar series. Cause he's only here cause of money, right? Yeah. I could have told um, you that. I would have preferred they put Oliver Askew in this car, yeah, or, or James Hinchcliffe stay, but yeah, I or Zach. Better. I have good racing etiquette. I'll <laughs> run in the back with Jimmy, but like, I mean, <laughs> he did have good pace. I'm not gonna lie, he had good pace Sunday. He was pretty speedy. Are you talking about Devlin D. Francesco? Like he was okay. like, um, I don't know if you're talking about Jimmy. I'm sorry, like, no, Jimmy, not Jimmy. Not. Okay. He, hey, okay. he couldn't even make one turn. No, but Devlin, he was like, wasn't he like 14th or something at one point? He, this was probably Devlin's best race of the year. It was his best race happened. until he yeah. made, which is a shame. So at Devlin, least he's showing Devlin something. Devlin almost made the fast twelve in qualifying. Yeah, like he did have a good car this week. My man's got potential. And Devlin did get a penalty for this incident with power, and then he got another penalty, a speeding penalty, later in the race. It just destroyed his race, and I, oh, yeah. I feel bad for him, but also it's consequences. Uh, yeah, consequences I mean, of consequences your actions. Consequences for your actions. Yeah, that's how and it is. And Will Power did tweet that uh, they did talk it out, he and Devlin. Uh, if, you me- if you remember during the broadcast, Power said, wait till I see him, blah, blah, blah. And Power was pretty upset. But yeah. they did talk it out, apparently. So all- all's good, it sounds Power like, but... did some NASCAR stuff out of the race. He, like, hit him with his car on the pace lap. Oh, yeah, he did do that, didn't that's he? That's some NASCAR stuff, man. Like, what are you doing, bro? I'm surprised that IndyCar didn't get mad about that. Right. Maybe they did behind the scenes, but yeah, because that I don't think that's that acceptable. I don't know. Right. 
especially with the open wheel cars and they're yeah. going slower. Yeah, oh, I don't know. On. We're not ha having a circus, man. I'm just saying. And then another championship contender, Pato Award, had an electrical issue. They thought it was an engine issue, but it was an electrical issue. Right. Late in the race that brought out the late caution. So we had three championship contenders take major hits in the championship yep. in one race. And this sucks for Pato because he would have been right there with Erickson, I think. God, he's been on form the last few weeks, man. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. He was, he was my pick for Detroit for a reason. He's been on form really he's been really solid um it kind of goes back to how he was last year it's just like he'll just have a lot of bad races every now and then and it's just mm -hmm. how can you win a championship like this but we'll see how he does at mid-ohio because he's still pretty speedy he just needs to get a lot more consistent right but we've been saying that and by the way uh his teammate felix rosenquist was on a different strategy where they were trying to stretch fuel and it kind of worked out. He finished like six or seven. Rosenquist did. Yeah, he was right. And yeah, and Rosenquist and Graham Rahal were both on that strategy, and it seemed to work out. They both got a top ten out of it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my microphone um, cut off. I was like, "Well, oh. I'm back." <laughs> um, were you looking up the results? No, I like I accidentally knocked it, and the cord was like, Nyeh. so I was like, "Oh." No, oh, I'm good. but um, okay. sorry, were you talking about um? Who are you talking I'll talk about the Rosenquist and Rosen Ray Hall. Yeah, no, he was. Strategy. Yeah, he was. He was leading that strategy for a bit. Um, and also shout out to Colton Hurdle for one finishing the race <laughs> and two, and <laughs> and two finishing fifth. Um, Grosjean got fourth. Grosjean's got a lot of top fives this year. I'll tell you what. Mm -hmm. He's solidly finishing top five a lot. You know cool. the thing with Herta is that I thought Herta was going to be the late race caution the way he was driving. Oh, he was getting a little. He squirrely. was ready to wreck. He was ready to wreck. Um. Yeah. Uh, anything else that we want to touch on? With Solid IndyCar? race. A lot of on track action. There's. I mean, honestly, there's no track that really gives us that much on track action. I think there's no track that gives us more because. It's just all those straightaways and got a few sharp turns. There's a lot mm -hmm. of action corners. It's just, it's like the, it's like, it's just good. It's a good road course. I can see why people want Road America on the F1 schedule, which is the funniest right. thing. Because it's, it's unrealistic, right? But it's just, it is yeah. a good track. Yeah, I think it would fit F1 well. They'd have to make a lot of upgrades, obviously. They'd have to repave but... it so they don't whine, because... You they know, are repaving it after the NASCAR race. Wait, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, they're repaving it they later should this put some, year. They should put some money into it. They, they might. I don't, I don't know if they're doing other upgrades, but I know they are uh, repaving it. That's cool. It's a lot of track yeah. to repave. But it's okay. That's a big track to it's repave. A big track. It's okay. It's all right. NASCAR's yeah. not going to wear it out too much because they run half the race under caution. So. Yeah, it'll be under yellow, so it'll be fine. They could do it while they're racing, even. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like dang uh, that's funny um yeah yeah so yeah next indycar race is july 4th weekend um mid ohio so that'll be pretty entertaining and nascar will be at road america so speaking yeah. of that was a great transition so yeah um good race i think rossi's gonna he'll definitely win this year he'll definitely win this year i think so too any week now um all right so time to talk about the tea Normally do the, the tea, tea after the ad break, but let's let's go ahead and do it now. Um, so yeah. 
This is interesting. So Sebastian Vettel, he's a, a very outspoken um, ally for the LGBTQ plus community and Formula One and really for women's rights, trans rights, um, Black Lives Matter. He's very outspoken along with Lewis Hamilton. And he says that an openly gay driver would be welcomed in Formula One. Now, this, Again. Is, this is a very... <laughs> By him and Lewis, that's about it. (laughs) By him and Lewis. That's the thing, though. It's a very broad statement, because it's like, would most of the fans... Would most of the fans on Twitter accept him? Probably. Would most of the fans, period, accept a gay driver? Mm, Hard to tell. Probably not. I feel like... Would most of the industry accept him? Hmm... I don't when know. When they are racing in Saudi Arabia... Would most of the countries... Are, would most of the countries accept them? Absolutely I, not. Look at all the crap Lewis Hamilton gets, basically just for being black. Just for existing and, and wearing a necklace. Yeah. And winning. like I Doing his job. And winning. He does his job I, more than anybody else, and he gets the most crap for it. I think this is a nice sentiment. By Seb to say this, I just don't. Unless I, this was this quote taken out of context, I don't think so. But There's always a chance it was. I just think it's I, cap. Like if he meant by himself, then yeah, of course. But like I, by the whole series, I just don't think so. They're he, they're messing with Lewis too much, and oh yeah, I don't There's I don't see no that. Whoever it is, it'll, like. If that were to happen, sure, they'd probably be able to run in the series and everything, but they would get the same amount of hate that Lewis I mean, F1's a lot like NASCAR, because there's a lot of old heads involved where they'll be like... They'll say some dumb stuff like, oh, they don't have enough testosterone to drive these cars. Like, and they will literally say that. Yeah. They will literally say that. So. Right. Say the same stuff about women. Or it's like, I, their bre- like their breasts get in the way of the... W- it's dumb stuff like that, they say, that literally don't make sense. Right. And I I feel like if we get a gay driver anywhere, like to the top series, like we have Devin Rouse and like trucks and Arca part-time, and we have several drivers like lower level. And we have Travis Shoemaker and NHRA, of course. But I, I feel like if we get anything, it's going to be like an Indy car. You know, because that's just not as big of a series. And I feel like an IndyCar would be pretty widely accepted. Yeah, Why? I can and see that. NASCAR Cup, maybe. But it's just like, that's going to be such a big hurdle. F1's a global hurdle. So, I, I mean, yesterday... Oh, I wish I could find this tweet. But yesterday, I saw a tweet. Um, There's some um woman commentator joining Sky Sports F1 or something. And someone tweeted, like... What's it called? Someone tweeted, like, what qualifications does she have for commentating F1? Well, it's not about her skill. It was something that was sexist and just, like, or misogynist, misogynistic, rather. And if they can't even treat women, again, if they can't treat women and people of color like actual humans or, like, like equals, Mm -hmm. girl, what do we have? Right. So. Right. And maybe one of the F1 drivers is already bisexual. And they're just, they don't want to say anything about it, but... Right. I wouldn't... And then, anything else on this topic? Very interesting discussion, at oh, least. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I just think it's 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 very, um... It's very, what's it called? Wishful thinking. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. it's very wishful thinking. But... It's optimistic, which I appreciate. I yeah. just don't think it's well, necessarily true. To be fair, look at NASCAR and all the stuff they've done for Pride. And all how, I mean, you know, J.R. Houston and um, his partner were just on FS1. Yeah. And they talked about being gay in NASCAR. NASCAR surprised us, so maybe F1 could surprise us. So maybe Seb... May, I trust Sebastian Vettel. I trust him. I'll trust him this time. There you, go. you have a point, but it's just like the overarching fan base is still necessar- not necessarily... Oh, definitely. Maybe it's a loud minority, but still. Yeah. True. I think F1 goes to too many awful that's, countries. That's the second point. Because that it's, it's just America versus the entire globe. Yeah. Um, besides South Africa, because apparently getting a race in South Africa is too hard. Right. <laughs> Sorry, that was in the news this week. I wanted to mention. <laughs> um, and so, then, yeah, IndyCar. IndyCar stuff. This next thing is kind of spicy, because there's been a lot of rumors about the third Aero McLaren SP car for Zach next season Brown in IndyCar. Is, Zach Brown's playing this game. I'm, I'm just going to say that right now. So, first thing that happened is Jenna Fryer reported that McLaren has been talking to Alex Pillow, which that'd be crazy if Pillow were to leave Ganassi after just winning the championship. Pillow said, that's not happening. I'm not going anywhere. He likes that his name's in the news, though. But now... <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> a, a couple days later, it's reported that Scott Dixon was offered a co-ownership role at Aero McLaren. That's insane. Potentially drive the third car. And you know what? It might happen, like, low-key. Like, think about it. Ganassi has their Dixon replacement in Alex Pillow. And Dixon probably wants to stay in the series. So, like, we'll give you a co-ownership role if you drive our third car until you want to retire. This would be, like, mind-boggling if this were to happen. And Tony Kanan put on Twitter saying that the driver of the third McLaren car will blow people's minds, which is what made people think the Polo thing was true. Wow. If it's Dixon, I think that's crazier. So TK already knows who it is. Yeah. Or at least he seems to know. But, you know, TK has been at Ganassi. So. I'm just saying, if this were to happen, Dixon's been at ganassi from the start like forever like he's been the ganassi indycar he's been there since like what 2003 or something something like that that's insane 20 years almost yeah this uh again i don't know if this would have this will happen this is just something i saw reported on i think this would be uh very that's tea that is is that's hot hot tea oh my gosh I, I'm trying to just imagine that. That'd be so weird. And I so just imagine talked, I just talked about how he's kind of slowing down this year a little bit. Right. But imagine a McLaren lineup. Otto Rossi already confirmed. Both two and Dixon. Crazy. That's their lineup next. And they go in a Formula E instead yeah. of a Aero McLaren for next year. Mm-hmm. But like, if they can't get a third driver, I imagine Felix will just stay. Yeah. But yeah, lots of possibilities. McLaren's going big time trying to get this again. Third ride. They're trying to do. They're, I'm. I. It's good to see them put all this money into their 
um, their IndyCar team. Um, and I know they're still in partnership with... Well, I don't... Because how much of that team is McLaren? You know what I mean? Because they... I mean, they right. bought what was Smith peterson McLaren owns a majority stake now okay. as of this season. Okay. Oh, so again, they... They keep getting more and more. They're getting and they, they're getting crazier and, they're and crazier a, with that team. And they're building a headquarters in Indianapolis. Oh, they're like legit. They want to win that Indy five hundred. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, think about the, that. Would be good press too. All oh yeah. Right. Zach Brown playing the game. He playing motorsport manager right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. Yeah. Speaking of more silly season stuff. Um. Martin Truex, so we talked about last week how he's considering retirement. He'll have an answer in a few weeks. Um, honestly, I think he'll say something this weekend about it. But on Sunday, he had a little something to say. He said um, he said he'll have an answer in a few weeks. And he will start talking about, oh, I've met so many great people. I've had so many great opportunities. Had so much fun. A championship. And I'm just saying, I think he was putting in his two weeks. Yeah, he's waiting for the two weeks to come up. <laughs> Where he can just say, he's, here's my two-week notice. He is putting it in. I'm sorry. He's gone. Ty Gibbs is in the car next year. I'm just saying. The way he's talking, it sounds like they're waiting on just something to be confirmed for Ty Gibbs' sponsorship next year. John Hunter Nemechek, if they don't move Gibbs Or, up. yeah, I'm wondering, yeah, because if they really want to keep Ty Gibbs in the car for another year, which really, honestly, Joe Gibbs Racing, with our cup winner Daniel Suarez, they don't care if they move someone up too fast. They, well, it's Ty Gibbs, though. I think they care a bit more about Ty Gibbs. But he's Ty Gibbs. You know what I mean? It's like he's invincible, yeah. and he's got he'll have plenty of time. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not that you know. Like then again, they could move him up if they wanted. He ain't gonna lose a seat. He's not gonna exactly like Joe's not gonna fire him. What do you mean? Or kick? You know, not. You know what I mean? Not gonna bring yeah. him back. Like, yeah, he'll be fine. He's he's a little baby boy. So yeah, I. We'll see what happens here. I could totally see them moving. Like, if Truex retires, I could see them putting John Hunter Nemechek in the car. And then 2311 opens a third car or something for John Hunter Nemechek. Mm. And Ty Gibbs takes over. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. So Truex, the 2017 champion, didn't his first half of the career just didn't really do much. He, he, had, like, that he barely win. won. Like from 2006 to like 2000, what 15? He won three races. I think so. First ten years of his career, he won three races, and then he went and won like however many races and a championship. Probably like 25 or so. And <laughs> like, with an actual championship format, he probably could have won more championships too. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. Like to 2018 and 2019, he got really close. So. And I mean, he's not having the best season this year, yeah. so maybe he's just frustrated. And remember. Late last year, he said that if he wasn't having fun in the new car, the Gen 7, he'd probably retire. He probably won't see me around much longer. Yeah. So maybe he doesn't like the car. I'm not sure. that is something he said. I'm not sure if a lot of drivers like this new car. Now, I think it's made the intermediates better, but it's like dirty air is still a big problem, we've heard. Especially yeah. at tracks that aren't intermediate tracks. It's all they can talk about, and it's just like... Well, this... then it's really hard to pass, too. They had so much trouble passing Sonoma. We'll talk about it. And now they have to but... shift at a lot of tracks. I don't know if they're having fun. It's hard to tell. Right. I think they have, I just... fun. they have fun at the intermediates. I can tell that. But right. everywhere else, it's like they're not right. really I... having fun. I don't know. I just think of that Truex quote 
from when they were doing at testing. He was like, "I don't have fun. I, you won't see me around much longer." Yeah, he's retiring. This is his yeah. last year. I'm sorry. There's he might do one more. He might. Nah, he's going. He's gone. I'm. So... <laughs> if he were to leave, by the way, there will be no more former DEI drivers in the Cup Series anymore. If he were to leave, that's crazy to me. And that'd be the first of what? Because him and Hamlin were both rookies in 2006, I think. And mm -hmm. who else was a rookie in 2006? Wasn't it also um, not Kyle Busch? Kyle Busch was 2005, but did he be yeah. kind of the first of that era of drivers to, you know, right? Which oh. is crazy. That's like the era that I grew up on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess Clint Boyer already retired, but you know what I mean. It's just like he's. Yeah. I mean, he's a champion, and he's been a big, a big name these last few years. So. Yeah. You know, be a big retirement. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Speaking of, so one more thing in the tea. Um. So Lando Norris was in an interview. He was talking about kind of F one's kind of status in America, and. This blew up Twitter. Y'all did not like this. He said, you know, because obviously F1 America, he's going to bring up IndyCar and NASCAR. And he says, we're much cool. This is all he said. We're much cooler than NASCAR and IndyCar as well. That's all he said about it. And of course, y'all had to find a problem with it. Because everything's about y'all. I'm just saying, listen, of course the Formula One driver is going to think F1 driver or F1's better than IndyCar and NASCAR. Like, right. it's not like he's lying in terms of, like, it's a pretty big motorsport. It's a big deal. I'm just, like, y'all just took it out of proportion. Y'all just hate F1. I, just... <laughs> I, IndyCar is a third-tier motorsport, unfortunately. I, I personally think IndyCar is the best one. But is it as quote unquote cool as F one? No. Like, there's a reason. Oh, like there's a reason it's lacking a bit of appeal right now. You know, like F one is a global phenomenon. Right yes. And NASCAR has always had a stranglehold on the U S. market. Yes. For motorsport, IndyCar is kind of more niche, which that's okay. It's growing a little bit. Oh yeah. But, like, is this statement by Lando? true i would say so like it's an opinion it's an opinion but... and it's obviously he's an f1 driver like, like why my are opinion why are my opinion is my opinion is indycar is the coolest the greatest the most exciting yeah. show-stopping spectacular etc yeah but, but no one but no one asked so it doesn't matter so... <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah no one asked alex but cool <laughs> but when you ask lando he says about f1 i bet if you go and ask I don't know, Larry McReynolds, he would say that about NASCAR. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. everyone has different opinions. If you ask uh, Kyle Larson, he'd probably say dirt racing. Oh. It's the <laughs> biggest, coolest thing See, ever. See, what if Kyle Larson said dirt racing's cooler than NASCAR? Y'all would be like, oh, well, he's right. Oh, so what's the difference? Well, a few years ago, he would. everyone would have been mad at him. Because people yeah. used to tell him, go back to dirt racing if you love Yo, it. Yo, I forgot about that! They literally did! They literally but, did! They hated but now him. But now that he's, like, at Hendrick, everyone likes him. So. Yeah. and It doesn't know, matter. Something else. Um, yeah. But, that's, but still, that's it, it's just an opinion. It yeah. doesn't matter. That's crazy. He's, I personally think NASCAR would be the... It, NASCAR has the foundation to be the best motorsport in the world. They do, but they... They have the wrong. They TV built a dumb people. house. 
They built a clown. They built a clown house on top of the foundation. So what are we gonna do about it? They built a circus. They, they built, built a, a circus. circus. It was a foundation for a mansion, and they built a circus instead. So I don't know what to yep. do about it. I really don't. Um. All right, y'all. Gonna hear. You're gonna. Baku and NASCAR at Sonoma. Yep. So, Formula One was at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix at the Baku City Circuit um, on Sunday, and I wouldn't be able to tell you how the race was, nor will Alex, because no. we was asleep. I'm going to be real <laughs> with you. I'm going to be... Listen, it's not that I didn't think the race was going to be good. I just really value my sleep because I'm working right now, and I wasn't about to get up at 7 a.m. on a Sunday. No, ma'am. Uh-uh. I wasn't about to get up at 6 a.m. I yeah. was up at 3 a.m. the night before playing a video game. So. Like, listen, I caught the last, like, 20 laps. I saw what I need to see. Both the Ferraris couldn't even make it past, like, lap 10 or something. I'm good. Y'all yeah. have fun. Max Verstappen won. Max Verstappen won. I don't need to see that. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's kind of why I didn't bother. I, I just like, couldn't be bothered. gonna win. Something's gonna happen to Ferrari. Like, whatever. I'm so sick of it. <laughs> Lewis about died because Mercedes can't get their car to stop porpoising. And, you know, I saw an interesting tweet about this, actually, I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. I forget who it was by, but the porpoising... Russell is younger, so his body's able to take it more, while Lewis is a bit older, so it's probably harder on him. Is that why and he that sucked this year? And, and that might be why Lewis is not doing as good this year. That's probably why, honestly. I was like, that is T. You look at That's other tracks where they, it's like the porpoising wasn't as bad, and they were doing pretty good. Like, Lewis, his right. drive at Spain was amazing. That's T. Right. Lord have mercy, that's T. Yeah. Yeah, I... I really like Baku. I'm kind of disappointed I missed it, but like I'm not getting up at six a.m. Listen, when you work, I can I can do eight, which is when they normally are, but six is too early. When you work five days a week, you don't want to give up your weekend morning, and that's the thing I'm gonna have to I'm gonna struggle with. I really am with F1. It's just kind of the thing being an American fan. Most mm-hmm. races at least start at like nine and ten my time, which is doable, like easily doable. Right. But girl, I just can't. I'm at least sorry. next week is Canada on at a reasonable time when f1's on in the afternoon it feels so weird it It feels like i'm supposed to be watching it you know like i feel like i'm not supposed to be watching f1 when i do watch it (laughs) you know i i love the midday races like when they're in north america but i also like the uh middle of the night races those hit saturday night races for us yeah those hit those are awesome. Because then I don't got to get up early. I got to stay up late. That's fun. Yeah, that was Australia. I can't wait for, I think it's uh, Japan. There's yeah. another one like that. Oh, That'll yeah. be fun. That will be very fun. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Um. But no, this race, I don't even know what happened. I'm going to be real with you. I think Vettel had a good comeback after like missing um, a corner. And then mm. what Russell and Hamilton, I think, got... Did they get third and fourth? I, I gotta check the results. I actually don't know. Um, I know Russell got a podium. I saw pictures of him with the podium trophy. He's been... Oh, God. He's but... been so solid this year, man. I mean... Yeah, Hamilton yeah. got fourth after... Pierre Gasly had a really good weekend. Because he qualified good. really good. He split the Mercedes in qualifying, I believe. Ooh. I think he started fourth. Um, Vettel sixth. Alonso seventh. Ricardo and Norris. I remember that drama at the end of the race. Because I think Lando 
Oh, that's why people were complaining about Lando on Twitter, too, because they were like, um, he was like, why can't I go by, um, Daniel? Because apparently Daniel is stuck behind Fernando Alonso, and uh-huh. they just, mm. or no, it wasn't, Lando was just faster than Daniel, that was the thing. But they were like, don't pass Daniel, because they didn't want to risk a collision, I guess, which, whatever. Yeah. I think that's why he was upset, but I don't think it all in all so though, uh, Verstappen extended his point lead. Ferrari <sighs> flopped again. Verstappen's winning the championship again. I'm just saying it's over. Perez, yeah, he, Perez finished 20 seconds behind. He can't even keep up with Verstappen at this point. Like it's just this is why I kind of wish Lewis won the championship last year, not because of how it all went down. Because it'd be more exciting to watch Max have this dominant season. Yeah, it would mean a little bit more. It'd be more of redemption after just losing it last year. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's something... Because now this is not new anymore. Yeah. Low-key. Not to be an an a-hole about it. It's just like... I been saw you win. I'm acting like the race fans I literally talk (laughs) trash about, too. Like the NASCAR fans. I'm acting like them right now. But I don't care. But... (laughs) I think that's. I think it's true, though. It's yeah. just the storyline would have been better if uh, Hamilton won last yeah. year, because that would have been probably his last one. He probably would have retired, actually. And then Verstappen, you know, winning this year just feels right. If yeah. that happens, I don't know. Oh well, it's, we'll it is what it is. But uh, shall we yeah. talk about NASCAR at Sonoma? Yeah, um, F one's at Canada this weekend, so we'll see it. That um, we'll see it. Mm-hmm. That we'll see them there. Um, yeah. But yeah, so NASCAR at Sonoma, they're also road course racing. Everyone knows road course racing this week. Um yeah. but so NASCAR at Sonoma, um, I did not pay attention to this race much either. <laughs> IndyCar took up all my mental energy someday, I'm just saying. Same. IndyCar, I was drained after that race. Well, also, it's been very hard to watch road course races in NASCAR before the third stage, because it's just I can't even keep up with that That's st- fair. the stupid stage point strategy. And then Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson had the fastest cars, but Hendrick Motorsports couldn't even, like, get their pit crews together. Kyle Larson had a wheel fall off. Elliott had, like, a really slow stop. Or, no, they had a penalty because Chase had to back up. Yeah, Larson and Elliott, our picks, kind of threw this race away in different ways. They threw. Um, But Daniel Soros was there. He controlled the end of that race really well. Um, Chris Buescher was not even near him at the end. And he got his first career win. Trackhouse, their third win of the season and of their um, company's life. It's been it's been kind of coming. Daniel's been really good this month. I think a lot of people don't realize how fast he's been because we've been paying attention to Ross. But Daniel's yeah. been there too. Trackhouse has their stuff together. And Suarez has arguably been just as good. He could have won bad 600. luck happen. Yeah. Oh yeah, for like, sure. He's been very fast, and I think he could get another win this season. And Let's not forget, I think a lot of people forget Daniel Suarez in terms of he won the Xfinity Series Championship in 2016. And that's mm-hmm. no joke. I mean, that's a, that's a big He had deal. to beat, he was up against Eric Jones yes. for that. Yeah, I mean, he he's... And that's when Eric Jones is like on a tear in Xfinity. He's a NASCAR champion, let's not forget that. And I think his whole thing of being foreign and Mexican and the prejudice that people undoubtedly have about that kind of 
I think, overshadowed his talent. And then let's yeah. not forget the merry-go-round of him getting kicked from JGR because they had to move him up too soon. Yeah, and... he got pushed into the 19 car at Gibbs after Edwards unexpectedly quit. Yes. And then he got pushed out because he wasn't performing. And then he goes to Stuart Haas. For one year. For one year. I don't think they gave him enough time. And they pushed him out. Now he's at Trackhouse, a yeah. team that actually loves And don't forget and about the him. year he was in the 96. I forgot 20, about that. 2020, yeah. He was in the 96 for a year, chugging that thing along. Like I totally forgot about that. Right. Oh, so wow. he's been yeah. in four different teams in his cup career. And it's his like, sixth right. year. Like, Trackhouse is the team he's been at the longest. At, well, that's crazy. That's a lie. Sorry. At, but After this season, yeah. it will be, right? Yeah. So no. it's just like... He's had a rough career so far, and it's really good to see him finally kind of break through and get this win. Um, he's the fifth foreign-born driver to win a NASCAR race after Mario Andretti, mm-hmm. um, Earl Ross, who I've never heard of before for some reason. I haven't either. He's from Canada. Yeah. Um, Juan Pablo Montoya, who also got his first one at Sonoma. In Ganassi, which what Trackhouse bought, so I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, and then Marcus Ambrose um, at Watkins Glen in 2011. So mm-hmm. Suarez, yeah, um, first Mexican driver to win, um, I guess, in the NASCAR Cup Series. Then, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool. And it's a huge win. It really is. I know. And I was so happy for Daniel. Like this has been a long time coming. We talked about it a little bit. And he's come close before. He almost won a Daytona summer race. Fontana, he, I mean, Fontana, he could have right. won if he had a good restart. I'm just saying. like, That's right. Yeah. And Trackhouse is honestly a powerhouse team right now. They are the one of the best. I mean, they they're have arguably, only two cars, and they run really consistent, kind they're of. They're arguably right there. I mean, they are. They're right there with Gibbs and Hendrick. They've won three races this year, and I don't... I like Hendrick has one more, like one with each car. No, they have five mm-hmm. ones. I'm sorry, but they have four cars and Gibbs I think has three um but yeah like they're right there with kind of I guess Gibbs and um Hendrick um mm-hmm. really Gibbs isn't really with them it's just Denny's gotten Denny's backed into a few <laughs> they've all backed into a few wins actually when I think about JGR right. they backed into all of their wins I'm not trying to talk trash I'm just saying but nah it's it's really good it was a good win I think Trackhouse they really they know their hot stuff. Justin yeah. Marks knows. I mean, he won the Burnsy Award from um, the Fox crew, which is really cool. But um, yeah. he's he knows he's hot stuff. He knows his team's one of the best right now. And Daniel getting that win, I think, it cemented that it's not just Ross Chastain's team either. It's this. Both right. cars are fast, and we've seen Daniel run up front a lot this year. So. It'll be interesting to see how many more wins he gets this year, because I don't think this is going to be the only one. I am very curious how the 91 car with uh, Kimi Raikkonen is going to run at Watkins That's going to be so cool. Like, it could genuinely be a competitive car. Like, it's the first time Trackhouse will have three cars going, so we don't know how that's going to go. What can Kimi Raikkonen do? Right. That's, I think, an important point. But... Still, I think that's going to be really interesting to follow, especially next year. I think when they've had a full year of two cars, how they have a part-time third car. Yeah. Like, if they get someone... Like, let's say they get Juan Pablo Montoya in that <gasps> car, which, by the way, I that would be okay. fire. They need Jimmy like, Johnson, Juan Pablo Montoya, 
um, Kimi Raikkonen, Marcus Ambrose. Think, I'd like to see Ambrose again. Marcus Ambrose needs to come back, bro. Come back. Come back home. Come, please. Please. <laughs> I'm begging him. But I will pay for his flight. Seriously, though. Like, <laughs> like come on, man. I don't know if you can afford that. Zach. I can. I mean, I'm working enough. Let's do it. Come on. It can't be that expensive. <laughs> but for real, though, I'm really curious how this team's going to do. Is they have this third all-star car, like, long-term. This could be, like, the next powerhouse team. You know what I mean? It like, is. I think they they're, they are the next powerhouse team. Yeah. We're watching them. We're watching. It's like we're watching the start of a team that's going to be talked about for a long time, I feel like. Right. Because Justin Marks, just the... We talked about, I think, the new leadership in some of these newer NASCAR teams, and I think Justin Marks is literally encapsulating, like, what a new NASCAR team needs, and it's just yeah. a fresh perspective compared to, like, the old heads of Rick Hendrick and Joe Gibbs, and... Well, just know. compare, not even just the old teams, how about the new teams, Trackhouse to 2311? Even that, like, like 2311. 2311 like... has had wins, but... They've had two wins. But They've had com- not clear consistent. struggles. They've had clear struggles. Denny has publicly talked about their struggles. And it's just like... And to the point and where I it's like Denny's like, I don't want to invest until we get support from whatever. And Part of it, I think, has to do with the manufacturer yeah. as well. Chevrolet has a lot more teams. Toyota only has the two Yeah, and Chevrolet's teams. performance right now is just incredible. Right. So, that's fair. I don't know. Really interesting to follow for sure. It really is. Um, other things about the race. I thought it was really interesting that the top three at the end of the race was Suarez, Busher, and McDowell. Like, what year are we in? Like, <laughs> like not even what year. Like, what is they going They were on? running 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, like, two years ago. Maybe last year. Like, yeah. you know? Like, that's crazy. And McDowell. Can we talk about Michael McDowell? Like, oh my god. Like, they always, the TV always hypes him up to be a road course racer, but he never runs like this. In Cup. Third. He does an Xfinity, but never in Cup does he really run like this. Yeah, I, and you know, this is something that the Gen 7 was made to do, was produce these kind of top threes. I feel like a lot of that was helped with Larson and Elliott kind of fumbling. And track but... position was very important Sunday. Yeah. It was very hard to pass. Like, more than normal, because it is Sonoma, right. but still. And the only car that was like consistently up front besides Larson and Elliott, I felt like was Chris Busher. At least whenever I was watching, yeah. I was kind of in and out. So I was zoned out. Yeah. Half the Brad time. too. But I did Brad finally get another top 10. Kozlowski was up there. I'm not sure if he got a top 10, Chuck. but he was fifth at near the end of the race. Um, mm-hmm. good comeback for, I mean, Chris Busher obviously missed gateway because of COVID protocol. So, mm-hmm. um, Good. I mean, RFK, they've been a really poor team this year, so having a result like that's really good. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, Brad got 10th. Nice. That's his sec. He His only other top 10 this year was, uh, what's it called? Um, Daytona. So. Oh. Yikes. Yikes. And also, this race that was the return of the shoot which I was very happy to see yes. back. The carousel was gone. The carousel not, added nothing. It did not add anything. I the shoot's um, so much better. It makes the track shorter. The fans get to see the cars more. Like yep. it, it shortens up the track. It's just it's a good. It's good. Yep. I I don't need to explain why it's good. It's just good. It's more fun to drive. 
too. It's more fun to drive on the games. It really is. I don't like. I I told the story before on here. You've been told that story. In NASCAR Heat Five, I'm playing it for the first time. I went full throttle. Damn, Amber. I I went head onto the wall. I'm like, what happened? The ambulance driver is just like, huh? What the heck? And I texted you. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot the carousels there. I like, I just did this thing and I crashed at Sonoma. You're just like, oh yeah. wow, they really didn't design this game well. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, why is there a wall here? Why is there? <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Um, I yeah, I could not pay attention to the race though. I really did struggle. No, like we said, IndyCar. I was jumping. I was yeah, Joseph pacing around my apartment. Oh yeah, I was. I was so nervous. I was I was having a stressful Sunday. I had a lot going on in my house, but right. um, I but it was interesting though to hear drivers. I don't know if the drivers even talked about it, but it was harder to pass. Yeah, like I think I, Blaney Blaney was on the radio saying you can't effing pass, and it that it was a lot of frustration. We're getting a lot of this at any track where you have to break. Yep. And they need to figure that out. They need to figure this out. I think the diffuser needs to go. It's just been really problematic. And it's supposed to help dirty air, too, but it's not helping dirty air. Yeah. Which is, well, I don't know. I'm sure they'll, they're working on something. I just hope they need to stop this whole works for all tracks. They need to have different setups for each kind Dude. of track. I think about that a lot, too, because it's like... Well, I don't know, because I feel like because they used they, to be able to have a, just a yeah. simple stock car. Like, it just... But that's true. I agree. But the Gen 6 worked better on short tracks. Yeah. And the Gen 7's better on the mile and a half. And the Gen 6 was good on road courses, too. And now we have the Gen 7, which has fixed the the mile and a half. Well, also, you could almost now look at setups. Kind of, meh. You could look at regulations, too, because I feel like... Back with the Gen 4, they got to do so many different things. Like, at Super Speedways, True. they could literally mold the body so that it's, like, more slippery in the air. Whereas for the intermediate tracks, they trick it out for downforce. The short tracks, they have the ride heights and the the spring set up to where it can, like, slam on the ground for braking and stuff. Like, maybe well, remember that's when a part of it. Chad Knaus said on the Fox broadcast that the getting rid of the ride height rule or making ride height rules was a bad thing. Remember when and I think that's affected that? every track. Yeah, Martinsville, he said that. So that maybe that is a big part of things too, and that that started around the Gen Six era, right? Yeah, it was like 2014, I believe. That was the first year they got rid of ride heights. Right. So, well, girl, that's kind of when things started getting kind of iffy. So <sighs> we're screwed. I just want that again. I I, I am. I'm getting to a little bit of a... I feel like the honeymoon phase of the next-gen car is kind of gone, and we're really... I don't think it's as, you, you know, rainbow and unicorns as we thought it was going to be, unfortunately. I think at least majority of the race is good now. Are they? Last year... Because mo- well, we've gotten a lot... Uh, we've gotten rid of a lot of the intermediate tracks because we thought they I, sucked. I'm, I'm, I don't have the math, but I'm pretty sure most of the schedule is still intermediate. No, it's not. Because well, last year, well, last year, remember, we counted, yeah. and, like, most of the schedule was 750 horsepower tracks. Right. Alex, we're screwed, I'm just saying. But, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying know. we're screwed. <laughs> I nah, Homestead was the finale. We'll be fine. Phoenix, we'll be but... fine. They'll figure it out in, like, five years. <laughs> yeah, by the time it's... 
They'll create another problem out of it. I don't know, man. I just want some simple NASCAR racing. That's all I want. We'll get it, though. And you know what I want, Zach? What? You know what I want? I just want a simple TV broadcast. (gasps) And you know what? We are going to get that starting at Nashville because Fox Sports is done for the year. Can I get a hallelujah? Fox Sports is done. Fox Sports is done for the year. Thank goodness for that. NBC takes over for NASCAR Cup and Xfinity. NASCAR on NBC at Nashville. 3 o'clock oh. Eastern Time on NBC. Dale Jr. I, <laughs> I cannot wait. It, the broadcast is going to be so much better. You know, Bring we, back we my girl have... Krista Voda, though. I'm still mad about that. Oh, I miss Krista. So I, I just ruined your back. whole mood. <laughs> I just ruined your whole mood. Who does, the pre- back. who does the pre-race for them last year? <gasps> Wait a minute! What if they bring back um, what's his name? Our boyfriend, Jax Collinsworth. <laughs> yeah, <It's>... bestie. <laughs> you bring just... back Jack Collinsworth Oof. just, beca- for just us. because we're gay. Just for us. Uh... It's still Pride Month. <laughs> Happy Pride. Um, but yeah, I bring back Christavota. But for real, NBC's gonna be so much better. No more weird. Stuff. I'm gonna I, kidnap Rick Allen so they put Alan Vestok in. <laughs> they have the wrong Allen in the. They base. they put the wrong Allen in there, man. I'm just saying. Oh, uh, why are we talking? Try they have me start. They do cover the races a lot better. Like they do direction wise, they cover a lot better. They actually know how to use multiple cameras. So. They're gonna have four boxes on screen for the playoff cutoff races. They go all out. Fox they could, really do. Try giving Fox a playoff race. I just want to see Fox that. If Fox Sports had a playoff race, they'd be on board, full screen, yeah. on someone in 25th. Like that. No, they'd no. have it on the leader that's not even doing anything. True. Like, that's the, they'd have right. it while, like, and then the camera will just, like, completely flip, and Eric Amarola already made the, the pass for a 12th spot in the playoffs. <laughs> so- yeah, they'll miss the shot. Oh my gosh. They won't even realize that someone cut a tire and is now below the cut line. Michael no. Waltrip will be saying this is the greatest thing ever because Jamie Jamie McMurray was off that weekend. So, <laughs> gosh, I can't. Y'all kill me every week. Oh my gosh, I'm excited for NBC. Oh, me too. It'll be good. Me too. Um, we'll see how Nashville goes. I think they're gonna cut ten tires though. So yeah. Uh, before we move on to Slay and Flop of the Week, I do want to say that SRX is back this weekend as well. I forgot about that, yeah. We mentioned Alan Bestwick, and that reminded me of that. He's uh, Alan Bestwick is going to be on the call on CBS again. I'm excited. Yeah, I don't, what is the and driver you know, roster looking like? And SRX game has me hooked still, so I'm very excited. Uh, Ryan Hunter Ray, Ryan Newman... Uh, Matt Kenseth's running a few. Yeah. Joseph Newgarden's running Nashville. Right. So um, it's a lot more of like a rotating. Yeah, because there's less full-time drivers. It's less full-time, but it's more rotating. Full-time. Yeah. Or full, fa- fair enough, not full-time. Fair enough. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. Like, like Tony Stewart's probably going to win the championship by a mile again. Yeah, but honestly, but, this is kind of the thing where it's like the championships don't even matter at this point. Or again, no. I think I mentioned it before. I think... The playoff format works better for SRX to where they should just, like, each winner of a race fights for the overall championship at the end. Honestly, I'd be fine with that. I think that's fine. for fun. It's honestly for fun. And I think I had trouble kind of coming to terms with that last year because I'm like... Yeah. Well, because they were having more... The races are able to be be taken more seriously almost. Yeah. It's weird. But SRX is just for fun. I'm so excited. 
This was, this was probably one of my favorite things of last summer was SRX. And that comes back this weekend. You love SRX. You should be I there. Ba- you should work it, for them. SRX is like a love letter to short track racing. And I'm pretty sure I said those exact words last year. Not five it's flag a, speedway. It is a love letter to short track racing and dirt track racing. The video game is a love letter to short track and dirt mm-hmm. racing. So excited. It's going to be so yeah. fun. Dude, they're in Virginia next week like the weekend after girl why aren't you going um there's a pride <laughs> event in my city oh i well, have that pride i'm probably that i'm probably gonna go to i guess Mm-hmm. i guess i don't know yeah they have jeff burton grandstands yep because mm-hmm. it's south boston oh it's south boston harrison better be there i'm just saying <laughs> that'll get you to harrison go. should be in the race i don't care that they're at nashville fly him out there that'd be fun girl all right, y'all all right. Have fun with that. Um, let's talk about Slay and Flop of the Slay Week. Slay and we Flop funny, of the Week. We have some funny things. To we talk do about. have some funny things to talk about. So Slay of the Week, we've talked about Devin Rouse, um, our our gay NASCAR driver. Um, good for him. Former guest of the pod. Former guest of the pod. Good for him for getting banned on Grinder because you don't need Grinder anyways. He got banned on Grinder. He said this on his Instagram story. If you don't know what Grinder is, I'm not telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look it up. Either. Don't look it up. And he got banned on it because apparently he was impersonating himself. So that's, that's a sleigh. That's he a sleigh. That's a sleigh. Congratulations, one, Devin. He, number I'm so one, happy for you. He's not on Grinder anymore because Grinder's bad. Number two, um, he's famous enough for that. So you know, that's a sleigh. That's a that's a sleigh. He's famous. Double enough. sleigh. I wish I would. <laughs> man, I wish someone would be like, um, aren't you just this person? I'm like, I am actually. Aren't you the co-host of the Gay Racing Podcast? Um, you're impersonating him, actually. Oh, report. Oh, really? Okay, that that's so funny. That'd make my day. I want to try that. <laughs> actually, I want to try to. I want to catfish with race car drivers to see if people would actually recognize them. Oh my god! You know what I mean? Like, would anyone yeah. actually recognize Lando Norris? Well, I wouldn't do an F1 driver because people actually like watch F1. Do they? I More think than in the NASCAR, c- IndyCar. Around here, <laughs> the grinder around here, I could probably get away with it. Mm. I wanted to. I not to actually get any. I just. I'm. It's a science experiment. <laughs> it's a, just an experiment. It's 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 All for right. research. Um, flop of the week. I'll go first. Okay. So y'all on Twitter. Listen, last week I saw this. Y'all are bullying this girl because she showed a picture of her room, because. Guilty as charged, she likes NASCAR, um, and she really loves Denny Hamlin. Now, her room, she had a lot of Denny Hamlin stuff. She had, like, a few Denny Hamlin, like, pillows, and, like, people called them body pillows. I don't, really, they were, like, half-body pillows, but sure, they were body pillows. Denny Hamlin bedding, and was it kind of weird and cringy? Eh, maybe cringy, but it's like, y'all were bullying her on Twitter, Because y'all were calling her weird and creepy, and it's just like, they sell merchandise for a reason. Right. Like, and I get it, that maybe it's too much, and maybe you wouldn't personally do that, but I feel like it's not necessary to, like, be mean. Right. Like, I work with kids, and all the time, I'm just like, you don't need to do all that. You don't need to be mean. Right. You know, Alex? I agree. 
Oh, I totally get it. My my bedroom looked like that when I was like five for SpongeBob. But then it's like I also had a Casey Kane bedroom when I was yeah. nine. So it's like it, I nine. didn't have as much as this girl had. But yeah. like I had a poster. My bed sheet was a yeah. red and Casey Kane racing or it's something. It's just so on it. harmless. It's like it's one of those things yeah. where it's like you're making fun of them, but is it really that like? What if that's their special interest and it's what makes them happy? Like, yeah. this is the, we talk about like being I, gay and stuff, and it's just like I don't know. Yeah, like treat people with kindness. I don't think I feel like y'all are just being mean. Right. I'm gonna be real with y'all. That's a big thing with Twitter. People are just mean. They they speak a lot of talk about being kind and everything, and the same people, not to name names or anything, but they turn around and just bully the people. And they bully a girl just for liking Denny Hamlin. Like yeah. And it might I don't know if maybe it's because it's a Denny Hamlin thing too, because y'all hate Denny Hamlin. But mm-hmm. and I'm just looking at my NASCAR collection and it's just like I have a lot of die casts, so am I weird? Am I creepy? Like Like I have a Ryan Blaney flag, I have a Joseph and Scott. You're too old for that, banner. Alex. I'm Apparently. too old for that, I guess. Like, but <laughs> and this also goes back and this goes to what Sunday well we found out Sunday we found out that Clint Boyer wasn't gonna be in the booth for a personal matter. Yeah. And y'all had the audacity to be like, well, I didn't like him in the booth anyways. Bestie, no one asked. I right. get it. Clint Boyer is so, Clint Boyer. I'll admit, I sent it to you. And yes. I'm like, oh my god, yes. But I didn't read the whole thing. I was like, oh, because of health reasons. I'm like, oh, crap. I hope he's okay. But also, that's like, like you said that to me in private. And it's yeah. that's different. Saying that, yeah. announcing that stuff on Twitter and spreading that kind of negativity, I don't think that's necessary. And right. it's kind like, of disrespectful. That's, that's just, it's kind of, it's mean. It is mean. Like, what if something like, really bad happened? Like, his broadcasting yeah. like ability once, has nothing to do with that. Like, once I saw, like, the reasoning, I was like, oh, I hope he's okay, I hope everything's okay. Like, that's not good. Like, like so, I don't like the reasoning. I, honestly, I was just like, in a when bad I mood saw it, I, When I saw it, I thought they, like, just took him out of the booth for the day for fun. <laughs> for fun? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like, I, I was like, oh. <laughs> I was just in a crabby mood Sunday, so I felt like yelling at somebody, but, like, Mm-hmm. Nah, I was justified. Y'all need to again. again my flop of the week is no, all right. y'all that are being acting like ten year olds, bullying people for no reason, and being mean. Mm-hmm. Just chill out, right. man. Like, um, whatever. No, I agree. That's it. Uh, now, as for Twitter, they some people on there are just so y'all got y'all do too much. I tell my kids all the time, y'all just do too much. Y'all trying to do too much. Yep. Chill. My flop of the week is Devlin D. Francesco. <laughs> Uh, we we talked about it earlier. I mean, he about flopped uh, onto Will Power's car. I mean, dang. <laughs> What's he like, trying to do? Girl, we already talked about it. He has wrecked too many people this year, and that was on un- He's was un- wrecked more people than races he's won, I think. Run, run. Definitely won. I was going to say one. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> Probably. It's just. I already talked about it earlier, but you're not in a position to wreck the championship contender. Like, taking a risk like yep. that? No, you're n- in not a position to do that. Yeah, I think Devlin has won flop of the week like two or three times now. So, he's a front runner, that's for sure. That's the only thing. And he, one thing. That's the only thing he's front running. <laughs> Last flop of the week. I'm excited about this one. I just think it's funny. <laughs> Jamie Little got to interview. He She had the honor to interview um Daniel Suarez after winning... um. What's it called? Winning Sonoma. And if you did not know, Daniel Suarez is Mexican. So Jamie, at the end of the interview, was like, 
Daniel, Daniel, do you any do you have anything to say to your amigos? Do you have anything to say to your to your amigos? Speak speak Spanish. Speak Spanish. It is so weird. At the time, I didn't think it was that bad cuz I think it is kind of cool like to have him speak Spanish on the interview cuz there's a yeah. lot of people that speak Spanish that watch that race. I don't know if there's a nice way for her to ask that. Say it in Spanish. I like, think it's sounds... like that could have been something Daniel could have done on his own. Yeah. You know? I think that's... Yeah. It's like when F1 drivers, when in their home country, they'll do that and stuff. Like, you know, it, I think, uh, what's his... Yeah. Like, Max did that, I think, at Zandvoort last year. But it's just like... Mm-hmm. It just felt... I think... <laughs> we just talk about being overly mean. I'm low-key being overly mean here. But it's just like... <laughs> it did feel a little extra. I think it's just because Jamie Little did it. Yeah, I think it's because J- it's this is Jamie Little. I don't know. It I was think giving it was worded weird. It was giving. Come on, okay. come on, speak Spanish for us, like right, right. <laughs> come on, old grassy ass, grassy ass, like <laughs> man. I can't. Oh, no. y'all kill me. That was oh my god. And y'all lit it her made up. me laugh, but y'all lit her okay. up too, but. I, at the same time, though, I think it's still cool that he gets this, he he spoke he spoke Spanish because there's a lot of bilingual people that watch NASCAR. Like yeah, sp- that, like, and there was that whole section that Fox kept showing that of all of his fans. Oh, really? I didn't that remember. Cool. <laughs> yeah, every Daniel's amigos. <laughs> like it, it's cute, but I... they would not stop talking about it. Gosh, they would not stop talking about it at all. Holy shoot, man. Um. But yeah, um, so fantasy last week we were gonna recap that. So ugh, you got your what second win, like second full win yep. in three races in IndyCar because you picked Joseph. Yep. Um, NASCAR. Luckily, Chase finished in front of Kyle, so I got that point. So IndyCar, um, it's ten to five in favor of you. I'm getting my ass chewed out, man. Um, yep. NASCAR, we are tied. It's staying close. We're almost halfway through the season. And we're we're tied, so that's kind of insane. Um, yeah, we are tied in NASCAR. You're getting your ass beat in IndyCar. I'm gonna give you a break because we have a little break in IndyCar. I'll I gotta your do, ass again in Mid Ohio. I gotta get good. with Avery and Jackson to get these to get my. <laughs> I gotta get some outside help to get this IndyCar program going, man. I'm struggling so hard. You can get a win in IndyCar and still be behind by two points. I could get two wins in any car and I'll just be a point ahead. That's insane to yep. me, man. Oh my yep. god, I'm struggling. All right. Well, I'll get If I'll... I get another win, it might be over for you. I'll get myself together. Don't worries. <laughs> I'll get myself together. I have a strategy, but um that's all from us. Thank you again so much to Travis Shoemaker for coming on. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. It was one of my favorites, Alex. It was one of your me favorites too. too. So, um but yeah, we're going to be watching... And when is NHRA this weekend? NHRA next race. I believe it's definitely this weekend. It's at... Um, they were just at New England this mm-hmm. week, this past weekend. They're not on this weekend. I lie. They're on last weekend. They're going to be on the weekend oh. after at um in Ohio. So It wasn't even Bristol. You double lied. I double lied. I don't know why. They're going to Bristol... They already went to Bristol. Never mind. <laughs> no, they didn't. Where's Tennessee? But anyway, whenever yeah, NHRA comes on, we'll we'll probably watch it. I'm thinking of going to Topeka, like Travis asked me about. Yeah. So, That'd yeah, be cool. All right. Um. 
Oh, they do go to... Nope, never mind. I'm just gonna stop looking. Alright, y'all! We'll see y'all. Um, we, we might have an episode next week because there's not gonna be much racing to talk about. Um, and, um, as with the NASCAR teams, a week off is nice. So Yeah, we may take a week off. We may not. See how we feel. Yeah, we might also just do a short interview, um, with somebody because we have some people we're talking to right now, so... Um, yeah. Stay tuned, but for now, this was a really good episode with Travis, so enjoy this, y'all. Y'all eating good. I'm just saying, y'all eating good at the Gay Racing Podcast. Check out the Matthew Burroughs episode last week, if you didn't already. That was also a good talk. He wrote an article um, about kind of the state of the LGBTQ community with um, mm-hmm. racing and NASCAR, Twitter, industry. So yeah. he talked to some drivers about how they, how gay people would be accepted. We kind of talked about that with Vettel today. So mm-hmm. yeah, all right. And we y'all. talked about how in that episode that we are getting close to a pride scheme. We didn't talk about it. it was oh, yeah. really significant. But we did talk about how we're getting close to a pride scheme. Ally did have a pride logo yeah. for the second year in a row. Woo! But, you know, making progress. We're making Baby progress. It had the it, had, it used the progress flag too. That was kind of cool. That is true. The, the cool. one with the trans and the Black Lives Matter stripes. So. <laughs>